Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Finally, and most importantly, the Transport Union will be truly independent, not beholden to any government or faction. Its members compelled by law to enforce and abide by its decisions. This union will allow us to use the ring safely and share their benefits with all. I want to thank the UN General Assembly and the Martian Parliament for their vision, courage, and the speed with which they ratified the Charter. I'm proud and humbled to accept this position as the first president of the Transport Union. Before I agreed to take this job, I insisted on a few conditions. One of them was that Kamina Drummer would be vice president. A very wise woman I know once said, you shouldn't believe what people say, just watch what they do. My first official acts will define not only me, but the transport union itself. This new union is going to be a critical part of our future. A future that, for the first time, the belt will truly share in. I'm not a belter. I'm just a man from Earth representing people I respect and sometimes love. An outsider, and I always will be. And there's a problem with that. Don't you fucking do it. Which is why, as my first official act, as president of the Transport Union, I resign. The future of the belt has to speak with a belter's voice, and in that spirit, I'm proud to introduce the new president of the Transport Union, Tamina Drummer. One at a time. One at a time, please. One at a time. You duplicitous little shit. It was the only way. The two of you had planned this. You had to. You were negotiating in bad faith. I would undo this. Don't. Please don't even try. It was the only way to secure the peace. The only way we all move forward together. And you know it. Oh, James. I hope you're right. everyone and welcome to smoking and drinking in space this is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi and this week we finish our coverage of the sci-fi space epic starring bad decisions angry extra-dimensional portal worms and warring factions that seem like they will never make peace it's the expanse season six but first he's the pirate who hates being on cleanup duty and will betray anyone for a buck it's rob how are you doing rob i'm doing pretty good hold on there we go we're we're hitting the last. I, I thought it was fitting, uh, since this is the last season of the Expanse. I've got my last fudge round. You will never hear me eat another fudge round again, from the box that Jason sold uh, gave me at Christmas. Wait wait wait. Can we can we leave off that last clause and just say nope. you'll never hear you eat a fudge Mm-mm. round again? No no no. You won't. You'll never hear me eat a fudge round again. Period. From the box nope, that you nope, gave nope. me you at see, Christmas. See, you fucked it up nope. and ruined it by adding that extra shit on. Don't worry, I still got star crunches and two boxes of oatmeal cream pies to take care of. I hate you so much. Hey, you hey. gave it all to me. 
And he's the guy who loves noodles, whoring, and booze. He's here for just one more episode as he's finally convinced the judge that podcasting with me and Rob is cruel and unusual punishment. He's on loan from Gunna Geek Network. It's SP. How are you doing, SP? I'm doing pretty good. Say, guys, I'm a little bit disappointed in you. I'm disappointed because you both said this is final of The Expanse. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I have a right here to be... In uh, cahoots with Rob. Yep. Yeah. Damn it. It's all right. It's not my favorite, but it's yeah. all right. Uh, it's better oh, than the moon pie. I'm, you definitely anything's better than, better than a moon, moon pie. pie. Yeah, but I'm I'm disappointed in you because this could be extended in another couple of years. Could be a oh yes, stream to movie. Could be another couple of seasons. There's three other books out there, guys. They have. The material they can do this. this is not the final 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 you can't say that well it is as of today well what if you guys like podcast it on the book i'm mm, game for that yeah no we we don't do books we do we could TV do a book club uh smoking and drinking in the library yeah but you don't read and i'm pretty sure they haven't made a picture book version of this series um actually um Crowley gave me an Expanse book for Christmas uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's got pictures. You want me to go grab it? It's right over here. No. Story time with Rob? No. You sure? Well, yes. Pause the it? other thing you guys were talking about, you know, you, you said, I only know how to eat noodles and drink and go to whorehouses, right? Right. Is there anything else to do there? I mean, really? Have we seen anything else to do there? That seems to be their form of entertainment. There is noodles and whorehouses. Yeah, so... Not necessarily I mean, in that it, order or separately. There was something else to do. I mean, there would be that, but that's it. Yeah. Their Sunday special is uh, chef's noodles with a side of whore. Do you need anything else to do there, though? Mm. No. I don't know. You tell me. I rest my case. All right, Rob, you got any news for us this week? I do. I have uh, quite a bit of news. Um, all science-related, by the way. I know you don't believe me. I don't. Well, too bad. All right, so the Army Corps of Engineers have withdrawn the space at the SpaceX application to expand Starship facilities in Texas. So those that don't know... Um, wait, wait, wait. what do you mean they withdrew the application? Hold on, hold on. For those of you that don't know, we've been talking about SpaceX wanting to expand their Boca Chica uh, uh, launch site, right? To uh, expand launches in Boca Chica. Um, In Texas, in Texas, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers is responsible for the oversight of wetland development under the Section 404 of the Clean Water Act. Uh, so basically, the Corps is uh, responsible to make sure that developers don't harm natural resources and drinking water. I'm not sure why you want to uh, drink wetland water. Um, or stress the endangered species that may or may not have uh, co- uh, cohabitate in that area. Uh, and so... You know water seeps into the ground and into underground aquifers and water tables, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I was more along the lines of drinking it straight from the source. 
Anyway, come on, just go with it, all right? Enjoy, enjoy this awesome news article that I found that was not superhero related. You hey, start I'm just giving me shit. Your question. You give me shit. Superhero well, news is coming back. So if they did get the second tower to launch a starship and they did pollute and contaminate the aquifers and underground water, you could possibly get superheroes resulting from that. That is true, Radio. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you could also possibly get dead people resulting from that. Look, tomato, tomato. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so uh, they... Uh, the core does say that that's not the end-all, be-all. Uh, SpaceX could reinitiate its application uh, if it still wants to pursue the uh, expansion. Um, but nothing has happened yet or nothing has been announced yet on whether or not they reapplied for that application. Well, um, but the way I you made they're... it sound, it was like the Army, or of, Army Corps of Engineers had submitted their own application and then withdrew it. No, Not yeah, that they I know. Had blocked or denied the SpaceX application, right? So, so base. That's the way the headline read: was Army Corps of Engineers withdraws SpaceX application. Basically, I'm thinking the Army Corps of Engineers uh, said that the SpaceX application has expired because they haven't answered questions, and I think a lot of that it, they haven't provided. Oh, so they ran adequate, into a deadline. Yeah, they didn't provide adequate environmental information to obtain that uh, approval yet. Um, All right, I'm going to give you a a, a little bit of conspiracy theory here, Let's do it. So I mentioned this last time. We're talking Mm -hmm. about the SLS, right, Mm -hmm. over in Florida. That's the government's, the Artemis program, right? That's Mm -hmm. the government's rocket made out of used space shuttle parts. I think that there's just a bunch of stuff that's been thrown, red tape, been thrown in the direction of SpaceX to make sure that the SLS launches first. Now, it's really not going to make a difference because Starship is still going to be the biggest, baddest rocket this planet's ever seen. Yeah. So I don't understand why they're throwing up these roadblocks to do this. Now, that said, SpaceX is still constructing a launch site for Starship at Cape Canaveral in their existing pad space. They've also got not one but two used oil rigs that they plan to convert into launch platforms for Starship. And they have the existing tower at Boca Chica, a.k.a. Starport, Spaceport USA. Yeah, and they're talking so, about making that one R&D specific. Yeah, because the environmental assessment, they're, they're having some problems with that in, in that people are throwing up red flags for stuff like environmental issues. That's the big thing right now environmental issues and they're limited to i believe six launches a year and that is not going to make do so in between the cape canaveral launch site and the sea launch site and when boca chica finally gets its butt out of its rear end and decides to launch stuff from there more frequently because that's going to bring a lot of jobs and a lot of uh, tourists and a lot of sightseers if you launch, if you do what Amos did last year or last season and do a suborbital, quote unquote, suborbital launch and go to the moon, that's going to be through a terminal somewhere. And that's either going to be right now, Florida, Texas, or these oil rigs. If space, if Texas 
wants to be one of those hubs. It's got to get the government to approve this stuff. Yep. But they're going to wait till the SLS gets up there so they can say, haha, we beat SpaceX. I guess. I guess. Which is dumb because they'll do it and then it'll sit forever and still be delayed. And ultimately, Elon Musk will put a um, uh, mansion on Mars. A mansion on Mars. Yeah, well, the, the, the funny thing is the Artemis program is going to land on the moon using a starship. Yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah. All right, Rob, what else you got? All right, so astronomers have detected a galactic space laser. All right, explain. Oh, man. All right, fine. A uh, powerful radio wave laser called a mega maser was observed by the Meerkat Telescope in South, um, South Africa. Uh, this record-breaking find uh, was the most is, I shouldn't say was because it's still there, is the most distant mega maser of its kind ever detected. It is 58,000 billion billion kilometers from Earth. Um, so that's basically 58 followed by 21 zeros. Damn. Uh, That'd be a heck of a road trip. Yeah, Are we there right? yet? Yeah, no kidding. Are we there yet? Yeah. yeah. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You suck. Stop. <laughs> he, got, he did. He got stuck. All right. Are we there yet? Yeah, there it is. Uh, so uh, it is basically when galaxies collide, the gas that they uh, contain can become extremely dense and can trigger a concentrated beam of light to shoot out. Um, this is the first mega maser that was observed by Meerkat. And the most distant that has ever been seen by a telescope to date. And what's kind of interesting is Meerkat just went into, um, I'm not going to say production, but what they were observing just started happening uh, not more than a couple a couple weeks before this was found. So um, it just went live like a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, it went, cu- it went live and they found this in one night of observations. And they've still got a few months worth of observations to do. So they're really excited because it's like, oh, we found this on the first day. What are we going to find the rest of the time? Probably. So was Meerkat specially designed to find this type of phenomena? Or Yes. So this is a – hold on. I'm glad you asked, and I actually read this. Um, Meerkat is a precursor instrument for the Square Kilometer Array, which is a global initiative – uh, to build the world's largest radio telescope in Australia and South Africa, so cool. it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a precursor uh, testing bed. Um, is my guess is they're trying to test out some of the technologies that they can use. Um, maybe hopefully uh, replace. Maybe this will be the the next big thing to replace. Uh, what was that thing called in Mexico? Uh, the very large not- array, the LA. The- no, no, the one in Mexico that collapsed. Oh, Mexico. Oh, um, not Mexico. It's Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Is it in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Golden yeah. Eye Satellite or the Golden Eye Telescope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's Arecibo. Arecibo. Oh, yeah. Arecibo. Arecibo. Yeah, Arecibo. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, so maybe maybe this one will get uh, get that kind of um, uh, public uh, exposure. That'd be kind of cool. I want to say it's got uh, thousand 
or they they eventually want to get a thousand different telescopes in the array in order to get the uh, fidelity that they need, which yes. would far surpass what was in Puerto Rico originally. So yeah, I'm tracking this. Cool. Well, the radio telescope in Puerto Rico is ancient, so. You know, yeah, anything is probably better. I think our cell phones uh, capture better radio signals than. That. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Oh, yeah, okay. not, not entirely true. Yeah, yeah. What else you got, Rob? Uh, last thing that I got is uh, there are studies out there saying that Jupiter's moon Europa um, could be just could be pulling down oxygen below the ice to feed life. Um, so, you know, Europa is, uh, it has been uh, confirmed that Europa is a frozen moon with a subsurface ocean. Um, and what they have been able to gather so far is in that sub, uh, that frozen area, there are um, pockets of, of water uh, that aren't fully frozen, that uh, are basically sucking down some oxygen from the ice that gets melted at the top. Um, so the ice gets melted at the top, it releases the hydrogen and the oxygen. Oxygen is heavier than hydrogen, so it kind of stays closer before it uh, burns off in what little atmosphere is there. Um, and so they're, they're theorizing that it's getting sucked down in there and then eventually makes it down into the water table uh, or the oceans below. Um, and that there is evidence, uh, that it's warm and salty, uh, that the water is warm, salty, and rich in life enabling chemistry. So with that thinking, um, there is a, uh, there is a mission called the, uh, Europa Clipper that is going to be sent out, uh, soon, uh, soon being relative, you know, in the next few years. Um, and the mission, uh, right now they're trying to determine what they're going to do in that mission. And this is maybe one of those particular parameters. Um, so scientists basically say, Hey, these are the questions we want to ask, uh, or want to find out. And NASA dev uh, devises or determines the mission based off of those, um, questions that the scientists want asked. Um, so that, that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, maybe there's a little protomolecule living down there or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely could happen. I know Europa has had everybody's attention for a long time. Even if you go back to the stupid Earth, Earth Seeker, they're not stupid. I'm just uh, claiming that they're uh, predating modern scientific instruments. Anyway, the Arthur C. Clarke 2001-2010 series in 2061 they had a big deal about not going to Europa because there is life there. And they've been speculating that there'd be life there for quite some time. Now they are not in the Europa Clipper planning on doing a submarine, but they are exploring the idea of doing a submarine to explore Titan, the oceans of Titan. Interesting. Does Titan have oxygen? No, but it has a large frigid seas of methane and ethane okay. that are liquid, which we don't know exactly what sparks life, but having liquid substrate would be a great assistance for any 
sort of life. So maybe this would be it. So lots of questions on whether to do this or not, because if you send a submarine down there and it might have some microbes on it from Earth and you're all of a sudden you're contaminating that could be poisoning it even if there's life there. So big question on whether to actually do it or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and one last thing that I got is... My uh, God, you've got four this week? Well, this one's actually really quick because I've been reading it. Um, uh, the James Webb Telescope is still trying to get down to absolute zero to fire up its infrared array. Um, so we're still kind of in a holding pattern for that. So... Uh, that's basically all the news I had on James Webb, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. That uh, we're getting. I've been closer. watching it every day. I've been watching it every day on the uh, JPL live feed. Like it used to be, like where is James Webb now, or something like that. Where is Webb now? Now it's they how cold is it? it. <laughs> yeah, how cold is it? Yeah, transition it to that. So I've been watching it, and they have a cool graphic on the bottom of the different stages of where they're at and what stage it is. The last time I looked a couple of days ago, they were at phase seven and I can't remember how many total phases they were. So it continues. So they're, they're at the taking off the sweater phase. Yeah. Yep. It's no longer sweater weather. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going into the spring, summer months. Perfect. Yep. All right. Well, just a special promo for one of the shows on the creative brain candy co-op. Uh, so, Spoiler They Die has is doing a special interview uh, that comes out on April the 18th, so uh, a little bit before this episode drops. Uh, definitely check that out. Logan is interviewing a former hitman who is currently incarcerated in Panama, um, and she says it's a very, very interesting interview. So, uh, definitely go check them out, and uh, here's their commercial. So, uh, take a listen. Do you like true crime? Oh my god, Kat, you can't just ask people if they like murder. I'm curious. Well, curiosity killed the cat. Uh, does that make you curiosity? No, I'm Logan. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of the true crime comedy podcast, Spoiler They Die, which is part of the Creative Brain Candy Media Cooperative. We release an episode every Monday where one of us tells the other a story about a serial killer, a survivor, or... Basically anything morbid and scary. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and by visiting creativebraincandy.com. We're also active on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us by searching Spoiler They Die. Also, we're Canadian, in case that matters to anyone. I don't think people listen to podcasts based on people being Canadian or not. People in our Discord server seem to care. Oh, sorry about that. I'm so sorry you all had to listen to that. But thanks for listening to us panhandle. All right, and you can find them at creativebraincandy.com as well as all the other podcasts on the co-op. And I was I, ready I for a pod crawl. Well, I wanted to say congratulations to them. Uh, it's their second year anniversary, so... Oh, that's uh, right, yeah. They've been around a, for a little a while. special yeah. anniversary for them, yeah. So. Yeah, well, so, congrats. Most podcasts don't make it past a year, so... This is true. Uh, that's good. All right, okay. pod crawl. Let's do it. Let's, Let's go. Let's do this. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Months later, the system is still at war. Marco has the Earth forces pinned at home as he continues to hurl rocks at Earth. 
Holden and crew are barely holding things together as frayed nerves begin causing friction between them. As they investigate some rocks in the middle of nowhere, a couple of free navy ships bolt, but can't outrun the glowing orbs of death that the Rossi tosses them. Further investigation shows that they rigged one of the asteroids with an engine to use as another nickel-iron injection for Earth. However, on that rock was a navigation computer they were able to decrypt and discover the orbit of a sensor ship that has been guiding the rocks to Terra. Holden briefs of Sarla and she sends Bobby to help the Rossi crew capture the ship. Despite Naomi's body saying fuck this when she tries to do a ship-to-ship -ship transit. Clarissa takes the lead and with Bobby's help they disable the fleeing sensor ship while Amos and Holden capture it. The ship is a wealth of intel as it marks all of the asteroids Marco planned to use to lob at Earth, and with the threat of rocks falling on their heads eliminated, the Earth fleet is free to start engaging the Free Navy. Marco has captured Ceres and made it his capital. Hearing that the leash has been removed from the Earther fleet, he strips Ceres of everything valuable and flees, knowing that Earth and Mars' next stop will be that station. Earth and Mars recapture Ceres and Holden heads that way to regroup and resupply. On the way, however, Marco spots the Rossi and can't resist the urge to bully up with a 3-to-1 advantage. Marco attacks and the Rossi runs, however Holden and crew take out one of the ships early with a rail gunshot. The second of Marco's trio falls back to help the incapacitated ship and Marco pushes the engagement. Marco dodges several more rail gunshots while lobbing missiles at the Rossi, but Bobby sees a pattern when the Pella dodges shots, and on the next rail gun shot she throws some PDC rounds where she predicts Marco's ship will be and nails it. Marco's ship is disabled and Bobby throws a missile at the Pella. However, Holden disables the warhead before it strikes, sparing the Pella and allowing Marco to escape. Back on Ceres, Marco had left a surprise for the reoccupying forces and blows the docks as well as much of the remaining water he left the station. Ceres is in crisis and Avsarla is looking for allies. Drummer is working with a golden bow pirate who has no love for Marco to raid one of Marco's supply caches, and brings those supplies to Ceres to aid the belters there. Avsarla asks Holden to ask Naomi to ask Drummer to play nice with Avsarla against Marco, and Drummer reluctantly forms an alliance, bringing her small fleet and evening up the odds a bit against the Free Navy. Marco, with no other options left, is burning hard towards Medina Station and the railguns he is guarding the ring. The Earth, Mars and OPA Alliance have a plan to engage Marco's fleet and take back the ring, however a clever ploy by Marco shifts where the Alliance fleet thought the Pella would be and the OPA fleet is decimated by focusing on the wrong target and hit by overwhelming firepower. At the ring, Holden and an ice raider are sneaking in an assault team to capture the railguns and Medina Station, however the railguns take out more of the assault team dropping to the landing zone than they anticipated, and they hit hard resistance moving to the railguns. The Rossi is burning hard to dodge rail gunfire and takes shelter behind Medina Station, unable to offer fire support for the landing team. Bobby has no choice but to take out the railgun, blowing up their defense against Marco's incoming fleet. Desperate, they look for options, but it's Naomi who comes up with the solution to activate the entities inside the ring to swallow Marco's fleet as they enter. Knowing it will also kill her son, they launch all the mass they can into the ring as Marco's fleet crosses through, and the Free Navy dissolve into an angry red mist, ending the Free Navy War. The three system factions sit at the negotiating table to determine the fate of the rings and they nominate Holden to head up the independent trade organization that will govern ring space, Holden is president of the trade organization for about two minutes before resigning and handing the reins over to Drummer as the second president, royally pissing off of Sarla. Philip is shown to have escaped the Pella before it was swallowed by the ring, and roll Naomi and Holden making future plans while the rest of the Rossi crew get underway for their next adventure, credits.
All right, season six of The Expanse. This is the last season at so far. I don't see any indications that they're going to revive the series or, or create any uh, spinoff movies or anything like that. Um, but, it, I mean, it, it's possible. Stranger things have happened and, and revivals aren't unheard of. In fact, they're kind of commonplace nowadays. But um, as of now, this is the last season of, of The Expanse. It's a very short season. It's only six episodes long. Um, and it felt a little bit rushed in, in places. Um, there were a couple things that I, I really didn't appreciate that they did in this season. Um, but if overall, I think it was a, a tidy conclusion to the series. What'd you guys think? But do you know why it was only six episodes long budget? No, it was because as Anfar, because they had already pre-scripted what they thought the series was going to be. And as soon as he couldn't be around anymore and his character died, they had to cut out somewhere between 40 and 50% of all the material that they had planned for the season. Wow. So why didn't they just not not recast him, but put somebody in his place? I don't know. It's a decision that they made. The That information is from Ty Frank himself. He admitted it on a post show or a podcast. One of the two, I can't remember off the top of my head. He's one of the writers for S.A. Corey. So he came public with that knowledge of why it was short and why it seemed rushed at certain points in time and what the effect of not having Chaos Anvar as Alec had on the season. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely missed, his character at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that his character being missing just took out almost half of the half of the season because yeah, even cause... in previous seasons his character didn't play that large of a role in the story yeah. and in this particular season he would have just been piloting it wouldn't have been holden right so i think there might have been a little bit more mars stuff to it because we really didn't other than the martian fleet we didn't get a lot of mars at all in this whole thing well so there isn't a whole lot of mars in the book uh at this point in time it's it's all about what's happening in the free navy it's uh uh at this point duarte had already run away um and, and uh closed off laconia uh, so you know it was kind of a back burner in that particular case yeah, and so well, oh, what it, go ahead. Whatever the reason, that is what the public story is out now. And also Ty Frank is with Dan Abrams, the other author. They're searching for where this is going to go in the future. I think uh, the the whole final season thing, I think, is true for now. I think they got to let it rest and then maybe come back at it. In the future, I think you're talking a lot more special effects in the future, believe it or not, than what they're doing now. And they might want to let it rest until they can get to that next generation of stuff five, ten years down the road. So do you think... So Amazon owns The Expanse um, now. Well, they, they own the distribution rights. The distribution rights, now. all right. Yeah. So, so would it still go through Alcon or Akon? Uh, Alcon. Alcon. Yeah, uh, would it still yeah. go through them if they were to do a a movie? I would imagine Alcon is the production company that, that yeah. makes the show. So yeah, well yeah, but Amazon's been putting out Prime specific movies 
here recently. Uh, well, there's nothing it, precluding Amazon from being the distributor of no, whatever thought, movie or, or new series. Right, but I thought I thought Prime, I thought Amazon actually produced and, and did all that kind of stuff for a lot of those movies, kind of like Netflix does. Yeah, there's Amazon Prime Originals, whatever yeah. they, you want to call it. Yeah, there's there's movies as well as series. I don't know if you, they'd want to approach this as a movie or if they'd want to do series. And honestly, I don't know how many series they want to do. I know there's three books worth of material and roughly it's been a season per book, but that doesn't necessarily mean that has to be the case. If they go forward, they could do a movie or they could do a series or they could yeah. drag it out even longer. You know, this could be an endearing property, as Jason said, could lead to a revival not yeah. a reboot, but a revival. I don't want to see this rebooted. I would want to see it continued. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, even doing some some uh, uh, spinoffs would be kind of interesting, uh, especially with where they left off. Uh, you've got the whole trade uh, trade alliance thing. There could be some interesting stuff there with them getting their their foot start. Uh, you know, their foot in the ground and you know side adventure type stuff was those uh, was that actually explored in the books because from what i understand whole, yeah. they, they jumped like 30 years after they do this season yeah so after this season or after the free navy arc it does jump 30 years there is some mention um of of the trade alliance and and, and that kind of stuff because at that 30 year mark a new per, a new president uh, they spend some time on the, a newly uh, anointed president. Um, you know, so there could be, and there's some growing pains and that kind of stuff, but it seems like they're a relatively well-oiled machine at this point in time. Uh, so I, I always, even in the books, reading the books, I was always intrigued by the the growing pains. You know, it's not like all of a sudden, Earth and Mars are like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys are fine, type of deal. You're in charge. You know, obviously they didn't like that. Avasalera um, <laughs> didn't like what Holden pulled on them. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's got to be some growing pains there, and I think that that could be an interesting um, side story, maybe. You know, may, maybe not necessarily a a show all on its own, but maybe one of those. Um, uh, you, you know, kind of like uh, what Star Trek Discovery does with their uh, their Star Trek shorts. You know, a couple episodes here and there of different pieces of what's going on might be interesting. So a couple of things about Medina Station and the Union going forward. First of all, it's not led by Drummer because Drummer's not actually a character in the books. No. It was led by uh, Michio, yeah, if, ma- if that's uh, how you say her ma- name. I think it's Machi- Machino. Machino, yeah, she was M-A-C-H-I-N-O. the yeah, something like that. Yeah, she was the uh, the med tech yep. on board that made the mistake oh, early on okay. in the season that they were. I thought it was Michio. To... I Regardless, didn't, I didn't know there was an N in there, but yeah. yeah. So Michio was the lead of the trade organization, right. and her character was at that point in development, and she did not take control in a subversive way in an open subversive way it was through uh, some speeches by holden to uh, convince everybody basically right. so holden was never president correct in the books, in the but books he was re- never yeah 
regardless, it is where it's at. But if you take a look at the plot, and I, I won't go there right now because it's spoilery. If you take a look at the plot going forward, whoever is in control of Medina Station 28, 30 years from now, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not. <laughs> All right. So a um, couple things that I wanted to to hit on about this this season. So first, I wanted to get your reactions on the whole Laconia kind of cold open that they did every episode. So I liked it. Um, it kind of it kind of showed you where they were going. Um, so, so you never know anything about Laconia is a, like a whole new a whole new thing that happens after the free Navy in the books. It, it's part of it's part of the next saga in those books, you know, the next, the next big thing. Um, so, so this was fresh in terms of, uh, this is what was happening prior to Laconia becoming, uh, the main force moving forward. You know, they're still trying to get their feet wet or get their feet, uh, used to the ground type of deal, uh, wrap their head around what's going on. Um, so I thought it was interesting to see that kind of stuff. So none of this happened. I kind of liked it because it kind of gave you the sense of a, I'm not going to say a big bad, but of of a player in the future if this moves forward without having to basically start a new story all over again. You know, they don't have to try to reintroduce the thing going, well, who are these guys? Well, these guys were way back when, you know, and then you waste like three episodes trying to establish these guys and, and where they came from originally. Uh, they've done that. They've done that work. We know who they are now. So the first time I watched this through all the way, I was like, why are we doing this? I don't even understand. I think they're just trying to bring the protomolecule forward and tell us what's going on because there's no protomolecule stuff going on back in the soul system. It's all just a big battle of controlling the soul system. You got the belters versus the inners and the whole big deal as we saw. So it gives that insight into the protomolecule. And at the very end, the first time I watched it, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. The second time I watched it through, I understood a little bit more because I had done some research into the future and I understand where things are going. And I think it was very astute of them to bring this all the way forward. But I think they did it in a way that you were not focusing on the key. You were not focusing on the Admiral. Admiral du Durant? Duarte. Durante? Duarte. 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 Yeah. You weren't focusing on him. He was a player. He had some scenes. He had the scene with the uh, funeral for Zan with uh, Kara. He had the scene at the very end where he was telling Marco that go shove yourself. I'm not giving you any more weapons and thanks for the distraction, but uh, don't bother us because you will be killed coming through the war the ring. Those were the two things. Um, you didn't get a lot of background into it. So it, it takes a little bit more research to get the full impact of what's going on. You don't see the actual research that's going on. You don't see what's going on with the ship. You don't really understand what's going on with those dogs and with Zan other than he looks like a new hybrid, new type of hybrid mm -hmm. and that the dogs were able to do that. So there's a lot left on the table there, and it's one of the main things that I'm thinking that the creators behind it, both 
the writers, the original creators of The Expanse and the Amazon people, they're, they're trying to leave it open for people saying, I want more here. But it was an interesting way to go forward. But I, I don't even know if it's misplaced or not. So, yeah, and I agree in terms of it lets us it want, it makes the viewer want to say, I want more. But if we don't get it, it's not that big of a deal because they kind of tied it up in terms of saying, don't come find us. We're isolating ourselves. But they didn't tie it up. And that that's one of the problems that I have with that cold open is is they left it. I mean, they left it hanging big time. Yes. But and, that was a side if, story. Well, it, it was a side story. And I can see how they were trying to set that side story up for future seasons. But the thing is, is they knew that this was the last season of the of the series, and they 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 know that there's no guarantee. Uh, in fact, the longer it goes, there's less of a guarantee that it'll be picked up in the future. And so, why leave why leave the people hanging like that? Why leave a story wide open like that? I mean, it, it was they didn't even come close to a conclusion for that that cold open story. Uh, the Laconia story that they that they showed at the beginning of every episode, and that's that's really annoying because I mean you you kind of want to know what the hell happened, or why did you waste time showing this story? If if you're not going to complete the story, why did you waste time showing it? Well, two things. First of all, the books are still sold through Amazon, so if you buy the books to find out what happens, they still get the money from that. And then the second thing I want to say is this series proves that I am a time traveler. I am an honest-to-goodness time traveler. You guys know why? No. Because the Tupperware container that the girl, Kara, used to carry the dead sunbird, I actually have it. So this is... From 350 years in the future, I have it in my hand as we're talking right now. Yeah, I just sent you guys a picture of it. It's not I've the got, same. They had barcodes oh. and stuff on theirs. No, it's the exact same. I just put a barcode sticker on it. By the way, it's made Ooh. by Rubbermaid. Sorry. I, okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh, gross. <sighs> Damn. I was wondering what that picture was all about. I was like... Is that where you kept <laughs> your fudge rounds to keep them fresh? I mean, if so, now, I need to get in on that action. Now, this is from Laconia. This is made nice. in the future, and it made it all the way to Laconia, and it was in the little science station there. So, yeah, I've I've got it in my hand right now, a piece of the future. Cool. It smells like dead bird. It smells like uh, fish taco, which is what I had in there last. Dead bird. No, so I, I wasn't... I mean, the the storyline was interesting enough. I thought it was. I thought it rambled a little bit. I thought they could have made it. Oh, uh, they 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 could have spent less time on it and still conveyed the story. Um, I did like the conversation between uh, the girl and the admiral uh, during her brother's funeral. I thought that was poignant. Um, but the rest of it, eh, I could have could have gone without actually i mean it, it the 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 boy dying you knew kind of what was going to happen um i didn't expect them to be so zombie like but it's it's an interesting twist on a new hybrid that that they're introducing oh, come on he just wants a hug he does just just want a hug and and you're kind of 
it makes you wonder if it's still the boy. He's just, you know, been proto-moleculed or if there's, if the proto-molecule is mimicking the boy in order to, you know, spread its influence. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I wish they had finished up exploring because now that's going to eat at me. And, and I, I'm not really, I don't really like that. I mean, I don't really like it when story writers waste my time, not finishing a fucking story. The second thing I didn't really like about this season was the the fact that they just basically brushed Anderson Dawes, which was one of the better characters in the fucking season, under the rug. They just basically killed him off with a sentence. They were going to kill him off no matter what in order to bring this forward. Because there's no way that Anderson Dawes was going to sit by and watch a collaboration across the entire system. He would have been right there with Marco oh. the entire time. Uh, I don't I know. I don't think he would have sided with Marco. Not Anderson Dawes. First, yeah. Marco is is a threat to his power on series, and he may have he may have sidled up to Marco in the beginning in order to get kind of an advantageous position. But uh, when when push came to shove, he wouldn't have. I don't think he would have sided with Marco. He would not have sided with the inners. Uh, I would, I would, I, I, I would he, think he would be closer to Drummer in terms of when Drummer at the beginning, because you know? they had started the OPA. He and he and Fred Thomas had started the OPA. Johnson. They had their differences, but they were basically the de facto leaders of the OPA. And Marco and and Anderson Dawes stated the fact. I think it was in episode or season three that. While they have no love for the inners, they can't take on the inners directly. And so they, they wanted their independence. They wanted the inners out of their lives, but they still needed the inners. He was looking for peace with the inners, um, much like Fred, uh, Fred Thompson, but they were doing it. Johnson. In, in Johnson, sorry. Fred Johnson, but... Uh, they were doing it in, in slightly different ways. So I, I don't, while he probably wouldn't have done a long-term uh, alliance with the inners, I, th- I think he probably would have helped them out in, uh, in, in subduing Marco in some way. I don't know about that. It took a lot to get drummer over to that area in her mind space. She, she resisted it with every fiber of her being. When Naomi came to talk to her, she just ended up saying fuck you and and cried because she knew she didn't have any other play. Her only other play actually was to continue to do what she was doing and continue to fight the free Navy. And she knew she wasn't going to have the resources or the massive force available to actually conduct operations against the free Navy. She was eventually going to get herself and her entire little band killed. So this was the only option to go against Marco for her. And she didn't want to do it, did not, with every fiber of her being. I think, and I think part of that, I think she got pushed towards realizing she needed to join up because of what happened with uh, with her XO, basically. You know, Joseph? Get, yeah, Joseph, getting, uh, getting the arm crushed and everything like that. Looking at it going, yeah, but more of this is going to happen. If, if we don't resolve this soon. And I, I think she was relieved. I think she was relieved when it happened that he was forced to stay behind because he wouldn't get the prosthesis in time and Michio was going to stay behind as well. So her family was completely gone. Serge was killed by 
Marco, he was spaced. The other two left with the Motog, and I, I don't know what happened with the Motog. I don't think we ever learned what happened with that. If it continued to be in service with Marco, or if they got uh, shot up and, and killed by the Inners in the whole war, I don't know. But So the only thing left with her family was her at that point. Yeah. I don't think she was relieved. I think she was actually crushed that they, they couldn't come with her. Especially Michio. When Michio stayed behind, it it looked like she was, yeah, she was devastated. Well, and she was trying to find a place to put her anyway. And I I think she was more devastated because she didn't think Ceres was safe. I mean, it just blew up. Well, it did just blew up and and it was back under Earth control. I think that was her main concern with with that. But um, because she said so that, um, you know, this... The, the Earth uh, is is under control of Ceres, and then Michio said, "You know, I'll I'll wear the Earther's yoke, and but we're going to be safe and and figure things out." I I think she was I think she was lost because she she had no more family. She was lonely, and then whenever um, whenever Naomi came to to give her the proposal of of joining up with Avasarala. I think she still held a lot of resentment toward Naomi. I think she felt abandoned by Naomi. I think she's in love with Naomi. Um, uh, and the fact that, you know, I think she came to terms with with uh, forgiving Naomi for, for her abandonment of her off of Medina Station. And that was the, that was the breaking point whenever her and, and Naomi hugged it out. One thing I did like... Um that they changed in this one is the, the Philip ending, or the, not even the ending, just the Philip story in general was better in this than what they did in the book. I think. Oh, really? Cause so, I didn't think the Philip story in this was very mm, good. So, so in the, in the books, Philip basically doesn't make it onto the ship at series for one reason or another. Uh, crisis of conscience or or something in that vein, but he doesn't get back onto the ship, and he goes off and he does his little ice hauling thing or whatever. He's he's gone. That's that's all you hear about it. Nobody knows that he didn't make it in terms of like Naomi and all that. So yeah, she does think she's killing Philip. Um, but you know, I I think in this one with him coming to terms that his dad is a douchebag. Um, so the whole, the whole, you know, guy in the brig, uh, blowing up his own, setting the charges of blowing up his own people, that type of deal. That never happened. Um, that conversation never happened, but I, I thought it was better in this and that it, it basically, it came down to, it doesn't, I don't matter to my father, I, you know, he doesn't, he, he just keeps me around to keep me around type of deal. Whereas my mom showed up, my mom tried to help. I didn't want to listen. She was right. I need to get out of this situation. And here's a, here's a good, here is a good opportunity to do it. Didn't realizing that, you know, it was your only opportunity to do it. Um, I, I thought it was a stronger story for him than the way it was before or in the books. Yeah. But I mean, the way that they portrayed the character in this series, Philip's an idiot. 
Well, I yeah. mean, his, his dad has shown nothing but contempt for everybody, including Philip. Um, his his dad is manipulative. I mean, Philip knew that his dad was the one that caused the explosion on Ceres. I don't know how he didn't know that if he if he claims he didn't. Um, yeah. So the the revelation that the guy was one of the ones that set up the the charges that killed his brother. I mean that that should have been known to Philip. I mean, he may not have known that the guy himself set up the charges, but he knew that Anaros was the one that, that ordered that. So he's being kept out of the loop at the end there. Yeah. Especially since he killed his well, friend. Uh, yeah. And it was being framed. It, it was framed as, uh, as an, not an accident, but it was it, the way it was being framed, even by Marcos, it made it sound like that there were dissensions among the ranks for those at series, um, whether it be Marcos supporters or you know Belters trying to give it to uh, give it to the inners, and this is how they did it, you know. So it was still a win for the Belters. Um, I don't think he really he realized that it was because he already had a problem with Marco leaving leaving the capital. So right. to speak, you know, so he already had a problem with that. And then to come, then to find out that it wasn't people on series that caused the problem. It was Marco setting charges, looking for a way to, yes, hurt the inners, but more, more importantly, or stall the inners, but more importantly, was hurting fellow belters that he, he had just five minutes ago in the show said, Hey, you guys are our, you know, this is this is our home. This is where we're staying. You guys are strong. Blah blah blah. You know, two faced type of situation, and and well, I don't think it was so that, much that it was his that guy that threw him over the edge. I think it was the fact that you know that guy wasn't a bad guy. Uh, he had a brother, and it, you know there was the whole backstory of uh, of the brother, and he was broken up about it because he didn't realize the links to which people were going, or Marco was going. The way the series rode out, Marco's speech about series being the capital and belt forever, whatever he said there, I think that would have played out a little bit differently had Earth not found the source of all of the asteroids being hurtled at him, because then that freed up the ships on the inner side that were shooting yes. down all these asteroids to yeah. come after and invade series. So I think he thought he had more time. Marco had more time on series than he did. And if he did have more time, he could have built up series as the capital and that it would have meant more to the belters of losing it rather than leaving it stranded and just a strategic point of now the inners have to resource this place of a million people with air, food and water. I mean, yeah, it, 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 the... The discovery of the censorship definitely fucked up his plans. I mean, he, he did have plans for Ceres to be his capital, but the fact that he was so able to just up and abandon that capital, I, I yeah, I just... I think he was going to do it regardless. He just sped, it was just sped up. I think, I think it was blowing hot air um, up the Ceres people's butts you know it was just it was just smoke and mirrors he was gonna leave i mean he his whole plan was to go to medina and control the ring from there um ultimately because i mean he had the whole food he was doing the whole agricultural thing there um 
with uh, uh, Prax. You know, he got the information from Prax or from Prax's group, uh, not knowing that Prax had also sent it to Earth. Or, was that on Medina? I thought Prax was no, still back Prax, on Io. No, Prax was on Ganymede. Um, but Ganymede was a belter controlled area. It was no longer under, under, uh, earth, Mars control. Right. And so I, I think they were taking what they were learning in Ganymede and eventually from what it sounded like they were, they were prepared to hold Medina. Um, you know, they have the rail guns, you, you control the rings, you control all those other worlds and yet you're keeping Earth and Mars away. Let Earth yeah, and so, Mars have the, the soul system, and, and we'll do our own thing. Marco was using the time he needed to hurdle rocks at the inners in order to get that Medina stronghold going on with the rail guns and possibly ships from Duarte, just like Duarte was using Marco as the, the time, the delay factor there. But the... Broader story with Prax on Ganymede is, did you pick up on that small little story about some woman getting shot as a spy yeah. on Ganymede? Yeah. That was actually his coworker that brought all this stuff and brought the research forward to make food more growable in more hostile environments. Right. So Prax shared that eventually because he's like, look, I don't care. I, I'm a belter, but I, I don't care. I want people to live. Yeah. And this is a way to get people to live. So he shared her work even though she was shot for trying to share it with everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he's in it for the science and the people, not for the faction, the three factions. Right. So nice guy. All right. What other thoughts you guys have? So the Marco ending, it, it was a letdown, but that's how it was in the books. I mean, it, that's, that's how he went out in the books. And I always thought it was kind of like, it was abrupt, you know? I didn't mind that ending. I mean, it, it made sense in the context of the story. Yeah. Uh, they kind of foreshadowed it, especially with all the research that Naomi had to do to figure out what was going on, the anomaly that the ring spaces were creating, uh, things like that. So I didn't, I didn't actually mind that ending. Well, that's a little plot thread that wasn't closed up either because you still have a danger or risk every time a ship transits a ring for these black entities to come in and and consume you. So that wasn't really tied up at all. They just used it against Marco. Yeah, and it gets gets tied, I'm not going to say tied up, but it gets uh, put on the back burner, so to speak, later on in the books in terms of they space out their transitions. Yeah. so that the energy is dispersed and doesn't attract anything. Um, so they figure out the pattern that activates the right. anomalies. It, and, yeah, and basically it, go, it comes down to too much buildup of, of energy attracts, attracts whatever's there. Um, I don't recall in the books of them ever saying it was an entity or anything like that. They thought it was a, a safety feature. Is what well, Holden and re- them said that it was related to uh, the entity the black- that they f- they found on um, right, Hillis. right in the yeah. mo- in the shows they did. I don't recall that, and it's been a while. I don't recall that in the book. In my mind, it was always I'm always thinking of it as they were. Th- they thought it was some sort of sec- 
safety feature, not a safety feature, so to speak, but there's a threshold before it starts shunting energy. Gotcha. The other thing with the Free Navy that I really enjoyed was Marco's second-in-command, Rosenfeld. She was awesome. Just loved her mm. as a character. Uh, I think she was more of a character that I could get into than Marco, because Marco, in my mind, was just a zealot and able to spin people up. He's not necessarily wrong along the way, but he wants to watch everything burn. Versus Rosenfeld, she's like, I want to be in control of Medina Station because I want to build something and I want to have real power. Marco just wants to watch everything burn. So I liked her and I was a little sad when she died in the, in the final fight there, but I was like, oh, you know, it happens. And I could kind of see her in charge of Medina, but I liked that drummer ended up in charge of Medina instead. Again. Yeah. Again. But yeah, I, I wasn't fond of that character. I mean, and, and it was because of the character itself. I mean, she was, she was a viper. Um, she was basically, you know, looking out for herself, gaining power. Marco was the way that she was doing that. And, um, it was, I mean, yeah, it was kind of cool that she stood up to Marco and, and told him off several different times, but yeah, I, the, the character was fine. I, I didn't have any love for her, but that was because of the character that she was and you know she's a bad guy character i'm not going to not going to feel any love for the character the character was fairly well written though i love the sci-fi i keep on talking about that every season but i love the sci-fi they took it up to another notch in this level probably not the best sci-fi that we saw but it was integrated into everything i liked the first person shooter cgi that was going on where they were showing uh, different parts that people were working on and being able to isolate you know, here. This is the module that you need to connect into, or this mm, is the mm -hmm. wire that you need to pull or something like that. And it would be highlighted on the HUD and it was video game ask, but I did enjoy them bringing that in because I think 300 years in the future, that would be definitely plausible. Love the battle scenes and the complex of the battle scenes, you know, the Rossi flipping, and shooting off the real gun yes. to oh, that was ward sweet. off those three. That was amazing. And Bobby with the tactics on how to use that correctly. It was everything come through. I think Bobby is the true winner of this entire season because she just did some amazing stuff. Her tactics, she protected Christian and she got to go to the brothel on series. And then she ends up being saved on the ring surface at the end in the final battle. So, and then she gets to be the pilot of the Rossi at the end. So Bobby is the winner of this whole thing. Right. So what did you think of Holden disarming the warhead? Um, I don't disagree with it. Yeah, I if don't. If you're going to be with Naomi long term, you do not want to be the cause of yeah. her son's death. Yeah, I, I totally understand where he's coming in that, in that she knew it had to happen. Yeah, that's fine. You know it has to happen. But every time you look at me, you're going to know I'm the one that ordered the missile to be fired. But he didn't. I, Bobby was the one that fired the missile. Uh, yes, but he's the captain. But so they were engaged. <laughs> I know, were, but were, I could, yeah, I can see where he's coming from. He didn't want to be responsible for it. And that's why I think it was it was important. Uh, disarming the missile, that was good. I think it, that's why it was important, though, that Naomi was the one that handled the package, uh, the care package being sent to the ring. Um, I think... I think it was important for her because it's her decision. She knows what she's doing. 
Uh, she has no one to blame but herself. And now Holden is there to support her in her time of grief, whereas before, he he, he can't support her. Oh, I'm so sorry, baby, that, you know, uh, I allowed... I allowed the missile to kill him, you know, type of deal. Uh, when I had a way to stop it, I can find another and it, way. And Naomi has changed. The whole deal last season totally changed her. She can't even go out and when they were trying to capture the Azure Dragon, she can't go out and do that. And she fessed up later as to what that was. So that's at least good that she was able to eventually talk about it. But she's just messed up. And I think if somebody would have killed her son, she would have been even far, far worse than what she is right now. She's still broken. Uh, she believes she killed Philip. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and we're talking. This is only what about six months in from from the last season. So, yep, yeah. You, about know, you know, they're it's still fresh. Her PTSD still still there. Obviously, um, you know. So I think. I, I think if if Holden had done that, she would have never come out of that dark place that she was starting to go into there that that we saw on the ship. You know, everybody was everybody was running ragged, but I think I think she was going to be the first one to break. Maybe uh, Holden or not Holden, uh, Amos would have just gone and fucked something and then come back and been all right. That's <laughs> what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. All right. Um, Rob, you got a haiku for us this week? I do. Uh, This one is titled The End for Now. Marco, major dick, screwed the belt for his own gains, tasted like chicken. (laughs) What the fuck tasted like chicken? Well, the the entities ate them. Oh my god! They did. Yeah, it's oh, like geez. gummy worms yeah. or something going across the screen. Yeah, the entities uh, ate them. He tasted like chicken. <laughs> Human, the other white meat. Um, SP. So you've had a, a limerick coming into uh, every episode, uh, and I've failed to ask you for it but i'm not going to do it on this last episode that you're going to be with us and he doesn't have one (laughs) do you have a limerick this week i do entitled expanse part six epic finale for now war rages on with all crews weary Marco got deadly artillery. Laconia, not done. Rossinati, won. Earth, Luna, Mars, and Belt Victory. Very nice. All right, who's got awards? Yes, sir. Uh, We were supposed to do awards. Well, just make them up as you go along. Yeah, that's that's all we do. So yeah, I don't. I actually write them down. What the fuck ever? I don't believe you, Rob. Who's got your head lush? See, I write them down so they know that black lung is supposed to come before head lush. (laughs) (laughs) Black lung, Rob. All right, black lung. I'm giving it to series. Uh, when it blew up, series docs. Sp. 
I thought about that, but I went with Clarissa instead because she had to breathe her own vomit until Bobby got her back to the <laughs> ship. Gross. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see anything really smoke worthy. I'm going to give it to Avasarala. All right. She's going to have to be, well, no, because we, never mind. Are we not going to, is she going to replace Doc Cottle? No, I don't think so. Only because you can't say Alva Sorala very easily. No, it's oh, because... Oh, no, you Doc, just can't see the actress very easily. It's, <laughs> it's because she didn't actually smoke throughout the series. You just hear the effects of her smoking in real life. Doc Cottle smoked on Battlestar Galactica in the fucking med bay while watching, while taking care of patients. <laughs> right. He gets Multiple the, cigarettes yeah, he, at he, the same time. He gets the, the, the honorary black lung. Yeah. And, and Avasarala just the more she got worked up, the the more flimmy she got. Yeah. Uh SP- what, one of the best scenes in all of sci-fi is actually when Christian and Drummer are facing off each other in the I don't know, green zone or the dock area of ser- series. That was an amazing scene to have two lead female characters, leaders of their respective version uh factions being able to be out there and and talking like that. I don't think you would have seen that anywhere else but here. It was a good scene. I, I liked the uh, banter between both of them. So uh, Drummer's a very, you know, no-holds-barred, very blunt person, and, and Avasarala took it in stride and was still very diplomatic as as per her experience and her, her character. So, um she she had a pretty pretty good response for for everything that drummer threw at her and i think uh you know still being honest because avisarala really hasn't shown that she's she's definitely crafty uh she's definitely shifty at times but uh you know she's she's never really lied uh about her position or or lied about things to to get things done so um i think she was I think she was accurate in her her assessment towards drummer. So, uh, SP, who's got your head lush? Thought about going with several different characters here, but I'm just going to go with Amos because he was clearly lit on series, and he probably would be lit all the time if it wasn't for the fact that they were in a war. Rob, uh, Amos. All right, mine's going to go to Bobby. Say, nope. No, go ahead and say it. It's fine. Nope. Mine's going to Bobby at Ugh. the same time because she was she had almost emptied a bottle of tequila uh, at her table, and then she took over like Amos's bottle and took two or three shots out of that. So, yep, uh, Philip would also have been a good yeah thing until he shot and killed his friend, and then he sobered up. Right. Uh, Rob, who's got your player? So I'm giving it to Holden for playing both Earth and Mars to get Drummer into power. Very nice. Yeah. SP? Thought about Holden as well, but I'm just going to go with Drummer because she actually colluded with Holden beforehand in order to do that. And she was just playing everybody as she went along, including Walker. She had to feel Walker out and find out if he was one of the good guys or not. And yeah, she was playing everybody as she went along. So do you think... Do you think Drummer had had that conversation with Holden prior to getting to the table, Going, or do you think yep, it was after right. after it was all said and done? They're like, uh, you know, and knowing Holden didn't want it. Nope, 
I'm pretty sure it was before they went into the table and the, the whole thing with Holden calling her out and everything going back and forth. I think they had fun with that. I mean, the actual, if this was the actual people, they would have had fun with that. Like, don't tell me what to do. You know, that sort of thing. That was all set up to say that they had not colluded before the table and they had indeed, it was the only way that she was going to agree with anything, by the way, is to make sure that she could be the one in charge at the very end. All right, so mine is going to go to, uh, I, I thought about Holden, I thought about Drummer, but mine's going to go to to Amos um, for propositioning Bobby to join him at the whorehouse and either <laughs> <Nice>. join him <laughs> or join him. Do you think she took that offer? Because they, they cut out, she was still at the table, but she, she had a wry little grin on her face. So uh, do you think she took it? Oh, she went in, but she did not go in with him. Yeah, I she think just she did her own thing, with, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, I don't know. She seems like a one-man kind of gal, not uh, not a menage a trois, as they say in French. God damn or it. Or a three-way. Yep. Fuck I got it in regardless. God damn it. I hate you so much. <laughs> well done, Rob. Thank well, you. Well done. Thank you. Hey, he set it up. I had to take it. All right. Uh, SP, who's got your purple hippo? Oh, I'll go Philip with that pretty easily. He was so played by his his father that he was so screwed up in the head i mean he even killed his own friend i keep saying that but there was so much going on and then he went after his father to his face and basically was told to you know back down if he was anybody but marco's son he would have been killed or spaced on the spot so i will go with philip there rob I, I thought about Philip, but I, I eventually went with Marco uh, going through the ring. He he saw it happening. Um, you know, he's trying to get everybody to full stop and reverse and all that kind of good stuff, but it just couldn't happen. And uh, he kind of had that, oh, shit, look on his face. Yeah, I thought about Naomi, but I eventually went with Marco uh, for the same reason, for going through the, the ring and getting dissolved by the the uh, space worms in within. So, yeah, I didn't want to give it to Naomi cause that's, that's basically, she had PS- PTSD, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. I was going to give it to Naomi for, you know, uh, causing the, the death oh, of, okay. of her son yeah. or what she thought was the death of her son, yeah. which didn't I, turn out to be the death of her son. Right. I was Tec- thinking more in terms of the, the assault. Oh no, no. Yeah. No. So. All right. Any final thoughts before we uh, head out of here? Go watch this. It's good. Yeah, this is an amazing stuff. Best sci-fi out there, in my opinion. Really enjoyed the chance to talk about all six seasons with you guys. Really appreciate it. And this is just amazing. I always tell somebody new, if they're watching this for the first time, they don't know if it's for you or not, make sure you go four episodes. And so if you're talking to somebody else that hasn't seen it, make sure you tell them, go four episodes in before you make your determination on whether you want to watch it or not. Cause I know a lot of people leave episode two or three, but episode four is the main thing. And if it's not for you, episode four will say it's not for you, but most people episode four, it's for them. So yeah, it's love this stuff. I'm glad they made it into a series from the books and I'm glad CGI and everything else was available in order to do it. Kind of got screwed with the change from sci-fi to prime, but at least prime came in to save it. So Really grateful that we got all six seasons. So for that, 
perspective, thank you very much to the creative team behind this at Alcon and all the actors that have been involved and all the creative team that have been involved. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really good series, one of the best that we've reviewed on this show. Uh, SP, I would really like to thank you for reviewing the series with us. Uh, we had a lot of fun, and your insight was uh, welcome. Um, where can the people find you? You can find me over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which you can find at legendsofshield.com. It's part of the gunnageek.com network, and... We're reviewing the Moon Knight series right now, which is very interesting indeed, the way that Disney and Marvel Studios brought that one out. But if you can make it past the first two episodes there, I think you're you're doing good. So yeah, that's where people can find me there. And thanks again for having me. Really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to your next thing, which I believe eventually you're going to be covering Picard. And that's the next very next thing I'm going to be watching. So I can't wait to hear what you guys think about that. Well... Yep. On the next episode, we are going to be uh, uh, discussing the follow-up to the Star Trek Next Generation series and the Star Trek Nemesis movie that centers on Jean-Luc Picard in the next chapter of his life. Uh, We've already reviewed season one whenever it came out. Season two is out currently, and we will be catching up with that and uh, starting on the first three episodes of season two on the next episode here. Uh, hopefully in the uh, sometime near future, I can get another judge to force SP to podcast with us. Uh, but the current judge has uh, has determined that SP has fulfilled his sentence uh, and we thank him for that. So, Woohoo! Freedom! <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us on feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at setus underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com. Oh, go ahead. You got my address. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. And make sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works at creativebraincandy.com. For this week, I'm Jason. I am looking forward to next time. It's Picard season two, time travel. <laughs> oh my god! I hope there's whales. God, oh, I hope there's yeah. whales. I I'm gonna need a second pair of pants. I think. <laughs> and we'll see you, you next guys episode. Have fun with that. I'm SB. Bye. <laughs>